What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. How's it going? I hope today is finding everybody living their best and brightest life. Um, today, today I have with me not a guest host, a co-host. So, everybody, welcome Galen to the show. He's back in, in full effect. Galen? Yo, what's up? It's Galen Galactus White on the scene with Tasha, the Tasha Pierce of After the Snap. Snap Survivors talking to you all the way, 2.5 million light years away from the Andromeda Galaxy because I'm visiting an M-class planet in the Andromeda Galaxy, broadcasting to you on the insights of Thanos after the snap, Infinity Wars, Avengers, superheroes, and any other topic that the fans or anybody else may want to incline on this podcast. Feel free, fans, family, friends. Whoa, that was a... Loaded, loaded introduction. <laughs> oh, say, say, uh, shy much? No. <laughs> so, not at all. Not at all. I see. Right. So, here we are. We're going to jump into today's episode and we're going to start it off with some big thank yous to some of the people who did their homework. Most definitely. And so I'm going to tell you a couple of those people. We've got, we went from having one little lonely review over here on uh, iTunes to now we have five. Um, and then we have six ratings. So six people rated us, five people reviewed us. And uh, we talked to you about the wonderful comments from Davina Lark from last week. But I also have Bossy Pants 16. Who said, uh, great work and delivery. Keep up the great work. I'm not 100% sure who is behind this, uh, be- behind that review. Who is the alter ego of Bossy Pants 16? But we thank you. And we also have, uh, Nubia Spirit, who is also known to us by Tessa Sanders. She says, really amazing content. This is a great show. Great dialogue and insight on the various topics discussed with each episode so thank you Tessa and Tessa is a member of the Snap Survivors group in the After the Snap page and right. she uh, well before I messed up because I might as well go ahead and tell them myself before we talk we already talked about 15 minutes without recording <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah you might as well be real some, with the fans yeah I'm going to keep it real Galen has some insights uh, on uh, Tessa and you know what Let's hold it, because Tessa also, uh, remember when I said on the Church of Thanos episode, I said, you know, bring the noise. If you if you disagree or agree right. or whatever, bring the noise. And right. she brought it. She did. <laughs> so I'm going to share her uh, comment from, from uh, Facebook as well, where she, you know, told me how she felt about the Church of Thanos. She said, great theory on the Church of Thanos. I don't think Thanos is an eco-terrorist. In order to be an eco-terrorist, it has to be an act of violence. He, in my opinion, was acting out of love, not to impress death. Uh, That would be the obvious point of view. 
Bane's acts were out of phileo love, but Thanos' love is for the natural order of the multiverse, agape love. Even God repented that he made man, and it grieved him when he looked upon the manner of men and their wickedness, so God destroyed his creation. And eventually there came a sacrifice, Jesus, Gomorrah, <laughs> so Thanos is simply misunderstood. And that is what she stated as her little opinion. <laughs> so, so thank you so much, Tessa, for sharing your little opinion with us. Again, you know, my, my response to that is that I can actually see which uh, side of the coin, and, I, and I've actually spoken on that, that um, once Thanos had the gauntlet, he was acting more as a deity. Before he got the gauntlet, he was definitely an eco-terrorist because of how many... Um, how many worlds he decimated and destroyed mm-hmm. in his quest to achieve balance. Mm-hmm. So, and, and all of this balance is to save the universe's resources or the environment, which would be the dictionary definition of an eco-terrorist. What do you, right. what do you think, sir? Well, I want to go just a, just a tad bit further with it. Okay, just, you know, to me, it's more of an overall view. Right, okay. Let's just take everything that Thanos was doing, every action that he took, but take the label off of it, though. He was doing what he felt he needed to do to rectify the universe in the means of the whole universe being at peace. And if that took sacrifice, just like he told his daughter Gamora, when she said by killing people and killing off all these people and the, and the whole, whole the half universe, he said a small sacrifice, a small price to pay, which is the truth. You know, so if you just look into, just look at, into what he was doing. Well, and, I, and I'm going to say, it's only, to me, it's only a small sacrifice if you're picking and choosing the sacrifices. Now it becomes bigger sacrifices, and but what is, if that's the only sacrifice? There, there is no only. There's no such thing as only, because you've got a you've got a gauntlet that allows you to do anything. This is what he chose to do. Place labels on things so that I know where to arrange them, but that's that doesn't mean that that's all he is. Because like we were talking about, we are we're now reading these um, the very like a book that I spoke about in Church of Thanos, we're now reading this book, um, and it's called uh, Thanos, Titan Consumed. And, you know, you can definitely sympathize with Thanos and his upbringing as far as that is what makes Thanos who he is. That formed who he became, you know, so... Right, because look look at what he went through. Right, and and it's... it uh, it's a it's a sad, it's, it's a sad beginning of his story, and it's a very lonely one. So we will talk more about that book as we get into it, because I'm sure that I will I'll probably be through with it next week. And yeah, you'll probably you'll probably be through with it before me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna be you know be honest with you. You'll be right. through with it before me, because you you said early on the live feed that you were five chapters in, right? Right. Yeah, see, I just got the book, and I even I haven't even, you know, so yeah, when, I haven't even started. Because we got what? We've got weeks, weeks 
to get that to, to talk about that book. Um, some of the things that we need to talk about right now, though, are subscribe, share, rate, and review. So uh, we got into this conversation on this thread because we were talking about uh, a comment that we got on the Facebook page. And you know, you can be a part of the Facebook group. Just go over to Facebook and and uh, follow the After the Snap page and join the group Snap Survivors and you too can join in on these wonderful conversations. But if you don't want to do that, we do need the ratings and reviews. So you can go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and review the show. It will do a whole lot to make the show uh, better. It's like, just like Galen said, it'll tell us what we need to do differently. And it also lets iTunes know Hey, this show, there are people listening to it and, and they are really falling behind it. So let's move it up in the search. And that's, that's right. That, that's right. Don't don't do not be afraid to share your opinions, no matter what it is. We 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 want your critic your critic uh your critiqueness, your constructive criticism. We'll take it all in. Anything that can help us, embellish us, we take it all in. We welcome it. Absolutely. So those we also have Patreon. If you like to be a Patreon supporter, you can go over to patreon.com slash after the snap. We have different tiers of uh, donations, no pressure. You can go over there and look and see the different tiers. And if the stuff that you're interested in, donate away and we will be happy to receive it. Um, who was your favorite actor to play Iron Man? Oh, Robert Downey Jr., hands down. And, and, and why is that, Galen? Because the man fits the, he, he has every aspect of, of Tony Stark's as far as the comic book is is concerned. He has the look, he has the charisma, he has the swag, he has the smart ass attitude, so to speak. He has he has everything that Tony Stark's in the comic book had. And and to me, it could possibly be because he's the only person who's played the Iron Man role. Well, yeah, that's true too. You know, they could have used other people, but I don't really think, I really do not think, well, uh, you know, that anybody else would have been able to play that role like Robert Downey Jr. He just absolutely, and that's why I asked that that kind of loaded question, that trick question, at the end of the uh, prior episode was because. Who was your favorite actor to play Robert? I mean, uh, Iron Man. There's only been that Robert Downey Jr. example, and for all the reasons that you just said, I don't think there could ever be another. No, no. <laughs> you know, you, you know if, if if they did Iron Man, let's just take Iron Man alone. Tony Stark's Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Right. If they did that like how they did Batman, you know, they, we didn't have five, six hundred different Batmans. Right. You know, after three, four movies, you know, they want to change the character of the Batman, change the person who plays the Batman and all this other. If they did that with Robert Downey Jr., it would be devastating. Right. So we know that that no actor can play a role forever. So we know that at some point, Robert Downey Jr. is going to put up the armor. But what we basically, I think we're agreeing upon is that there is nobody else can put that armor on and say I'm Tony Stark. You can say right. you're any of these any other incarnations of uh, of the Iron character, but not Iron Man, not Tony Stark. Right. Right. Now I'm gonna tell you this too, though. In okay. my opinion, 
You know who else that I think is going to going to uh, mold him into just being a regular man? I mean, he'll always be a genius and philanthropist and and all that, but he won't be Iron Man. Who I think is going to mold him out of being Iron Man is uh, his woman. What's her name? I didn't have a brain for it. What's Pepper her name? Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. Because she's she, you can tell, you know, every time he goes off on his Iron Man thing, you know, even in Infinity Wars, and he was on that ship, before she lost contact, lost signal with him, she was highly upset. Listen to what she was saying. Get off right. that ship. You better get your ass down here. I ain't playing you. She was, she was but, upset. And, and he said that, again, we come back to the first, for the, to the first Iron Man. When he, uh, at the end of, towards the end of the movie, when he said, I, I'm not the superhero type. Superheroes need to have a person in their corner who is, uh, is kind of worried about them when they go out on all these missions. So when he pursued Pepper uh, romantically. Like Alfred to Batman. He, we were, right. So yeah, when he pursued Pepper romantically, he knew that she would be the person to kind of temper and pull him back. What I've noticed over over Iron Man's arc is that he, he's he's torn between which he loves more. He doesn't know if he loves Pepper or Iron Man more because he keeps going. And just like she said, if you if you thought about this, you wouldn't have put this in your chest. Well, he put it in his chest because he loves Iron Man, but he loves her too. And then, mm-hmm. you know. I think what will, like you said, what will pull him out of the game, out of the Iron Man armor for good, will be her impending pregnancy. Because exactly, he, there we so go. that will be the that will be the catalyst, and we started and to see him take that father kind of role serious with Peter Parker. There He's, we go. All right, I, I yeah. was just getting ready to tap on your shoulder with that. That's right. <laughs> So, because really, all he is, he's 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 more of a father figure to Peter Parker, Spider Man, quote unquote, right. than anything else. You know, he chastises him, he disciplines him. You know, he 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 teaches him respect. You know, he make him earn his keep. In other words, you want to be an Avenger, you got to show me that you deserve to be here. Everything is a father figure to Peter Parker, Spider Man. Right. So, I, I I like how he does that. So yeah, that does give some some implication that. One day, yeah, he gonna hang up the Iron Man suit. Right. I will. I will say though, in my opinion, I, even though he may be torn between two because he loved them both, the love for his woman, I think, is gonna prevail. Right, and it usually does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially in these situations, it usually does. Yeah. Yeah. So the Pepper gonna tighten them up and say, "You ain't getting no more Pepper. If you stay Iron Man." I mean, she's gonna. <laughs> she's. She, <laughs> you know, they've already. They've already got this whole idea in their mind of getting married and all of this stuff. You you have right. to give up one. You can't. They can't coexist like this because look at where he's at. You know, right now the last thing that we know about Tony is that he's he's on a Titan, stranded. You know, you're as far away from your lady as you could possibly be. So now he's he in knows a whole other that, part of the galaxy. He's right. in a whole other part of universe. Right. So he he knows he's gonna have to make a choice and that is that's the part that is uh it's it's sad because if we notice it you know that uh it's there intentionally that that we know that the the, the end of the road 
so to speak, is coming for the Iron Man character. Not for the Tony Stark character, probably, but definitely for the Iron Man character. And let's talk a little first event, I mean, first Iron Man. So the first Iron Man was released in Sydney on April 14th. All of this is in 2018. I mean, I'm sorry, 2008. It was released internationally on April 30th, and it was released in America on May 2nd. It earned 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and 79 out of 100 on Metacritic. So, we can agree that this first Iron Man movie was the truth. Groundbreaking. It was, yes. it, it started it all. And uh, that's where we, in the MCU, met Anthony Edward Stark. <laughs> His birthday is May 29th, 1970, so he's just slightly older than us. And he uh, is, is a Gemini. Would, wouldn't that shock you? Does that shock you at all? <laughs> 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 no, that's actually that's not shocking at all. Yeah, that kind of fits, don't it? <laughs> right, yeah, it do. It fits you to a T. Yeah, yeah. it do. Genius, billionaire, yeah. playboy, philanthropist, child of Howard and Maria. Yeah. Um, our Tony Stark, and we got to see. We have gotten to see Tony grow up from Iron Man to Infinity War. But let's go back to Iron Man since that's where we're that's the the era we're supposed to be living in right now. Okay. Um, let's go back to Iron Man. When you first met him on screen, mm-hmm. what was what was your opinions? Just the first meeting, not not after we've seen the whole movie. How did you think the portrayal was when we saw him on that uh in that caravan, that desert caravan, riding to a uh, demonstrate the Jericho weapon. The Jericho missile. I I thought it was superb. <laughs> it, I, I, when I when I saw him uh you know in that in that mode, you know, because it was I was very interested to see how he was gonna be when I saw him on the screen as Tony Stark's Iron Man. Right. And when I first saw him, you know, uh, you know, he's in he's in the the, the army van or whatever with you know uh, with the other with the generals and the soldiers and all that and you know they all uh, suited and booted ready looking like they're ready for war and he in there with his Gucci shades <laughs> on you know suit is crisp crisp and cream and right. uh, and and his uh, scotch in his hair and I was like perfect yeah right? that that they they starting off right there you know what they say first image is the best image right you know it, it, that was the, the the superb thing i saw and then from there it just escalated you know it's like okay when i started seeing his persona his, you know how he was and his wittiness and his sharpness and his you know just a tad bit of a asshole in him yeah you know, he's I'm just like, arrogant son of a yeah guy. he's arrogant you know whatever you know i'm like this there's no better person that could have done this wrong there's no better i don't think it will ever be a a, a, a better iron man than robert downey jr and i, I think was, I was, I was, oh go ahead i think yeah, I was, if we are like uh the whole robert downey jr being the best is because he shares a lot of the qualities that that 
shaped Iron Man because, you know, okay, if we were to believe comic book lore kind of crosses over into the MCU, we know that Iron Man had a little bit of a drinking problem. <laughs> Who knows? And right, right. Robert Downey Jr. has some very well-documented uh, drug problems. Right. And it kind of, I mean, he finally kind of kicked it and uh, got his life on track. And that was sort of like like Tony Stark did. And it, it was like, you know, like you said, as far as the look, he was the perfect person. As far right. as the, uh, the, the way he's able to pull a character out, because we've seen him play all kinds of different characters, Robert Downey Jr. Right. And he was able to dial in to Tony Stark in a way that that uh that is rewritten Tony Stark's legacy or basically Tony Stark is now basically Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. That's that's, <laughs> that's right. It's like okay when you when you you know and a lot of actors that's why Christian Bale said he didn't want to do Batman no more because he didn't want to only be seen as Batman rather than being seen as Christian Bale. So that's why he stopped doing the same thing I believe with uh Mark uh Cavell or whatever the guy that played Superman, I think. But anyway, there. When when I see Robert Downey Jr., I see them say that's Tony Stark. Right, but and, and the thing is, it hasn't stopped him from playing other characters though. That's the thing about Robert Downey Jr. Now, if you have, if you're able to pull these characters out, no matter what, he's played Charlotte, Sherlock Holmes since then. Oh, yeah, you know, he was all, and you know, and, and he was that, Sherlock Holmes. He was Sherlock Holmes. I mean, Sherlock until Holmes. I met Benedict Cumberbatch, but Tony right. Stark was, was was I mean, uh, see Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. was Sherlock Holmes until Benedict Cumberbatch started playing Sherlock Holmes, and then I'm like, okay, Benedict Cumberbatch is now. But that's a whole nother show for a whole nother day. I just I yeah. love Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, yeah. We know that the movie did very well. Um. It grossed $585 million on a $140 million budget. Wow. Exactly. Wow. And this is $2,008. So this is not adjusted for the inflation that, that we have uh, definitely, that has definitely occurred over the last 10 years. So that's a pretty good haul. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a half a, over half a billion dollars. Right. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um... The movie was nominated for Best Sound Editing and Best Visual Effect Oscars. That I have to agree. Yeah, it wasn't, it didn't win, but it was nominated. And this yeah. was during a time when superhero films were not taken as seriously. It also came out the same year as The Dark Knight, which uh, kind of, we, we saw a lot of superhero films get introduced into the Oscars that year because we, we also saw the Dark Knight get some uh, get some love yeah um, okay were you a fan of uh, Terrence Howard, Howard playing Rhodey yes I was and, and you know and, and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna lie I was a little disappointed when I found out why he wasn't playing a role no more you know and it was simply because pretty much in a nutshell because of his greed you know, and I was like, why would you do that? That was very stupid, man. I mean, this this, this, this Avengers project is going to go down in history. 
as one of the greatest superhero movies ever made, especially by Disney. So, right. I, I was I was truly disappointed in that. You know, I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm a Don I'm a Don Cheetah fan too. Right. I, like I I actually think that we that we got the better end of the deal as fans. We got Cheetah instead of Howard because Howard kind of played it real blank. He played it like he. I mean, and I know that he was supposed to be playing a military character, and that's mm. that was his read on a military character. I think I do like Don Cheadle's uh, vision of Rhodey a little better. No, I don't know, you know, because I, you know, I, I like Tom, I, I like Terrence Howard. I, I like Terrence right. Howard uh, uh, a little bit better than Don Cheadle as far as this, as far as this role. And I think with Terrence Howard, because you know, you've seen some of the roles that Terrence Howard has played, you know, and he has shown that he's, uh, you know, he can play, he's, uh, what do you call it, uh, he's versatile, he's versatile, he can play more than one type of role, he can be very classy, he can be in the middle, he can be good, you know, I think with him adding that, and you saw that, even in Iron Man, you know, you saw how, okay, he was very classy and intellectual and stood firm in his position in, in the military, but you saw that he could get raunchy too, and I, and I felt like that, you know, if if he would have stayed to the point where he manifested to War Machine, uh-huh. I think he I think he would have added a better character with 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 you know with being uh, enabled you know with all the powers and the 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 the, the, the rockets and the, the guns and all this other stuff. I think I I would like would have liked to have seen him much better in War as War Machine than Don Cheeto. You know, just to me, it seemed like to me he would have he would have added a little bit more. Cause I'm gonna be honest, Don Cheeto to me, you when you look at him when he's as War Machine and he's fighting and he's blowing things up and stuff like that, he's kind of corny. <laughs> and the, the crazy thing is, in my opinion, War Machine is Don Cheeto. I mean, not War not War Machine. James Rhodes is Don Cheeto. You yeah. know, it, it, he's not. Terrence Howard to me. Now this is just my opinion. And the reason why is because I guess what what I was saying is like his his portrayal was kind of wooden. He kind of he he didn't really leave a whole lot of uh of room to grow from being this staunch military person and and like even when Tony burns him. So like when he's supposed to come and show up for this uh, awards I didn't believe yeah, didn't <laughs> I didn't believe <laughs> I didn't believe that Terrence Howard was, you know I didn't believe his his affect was was not right to me. Whereas I think Ro, I think Don Cheeto's affect would have been a little different, especially when he met him, when he found out where he's at, you know. When, mm-hmm. he pretty much knew where he was. <laughs> he didn't have to look real hard for him. Right. So once he when he went to uh the casino, finds him I think I think I would have liked to see how Don Cheadle would have handled it. I mean, I guess we did see it when we saw the Iron Man 2, which is next week Friday's <laughs> watch, so I won't touch Iron Man 2 right now. But, uh, yeah, once we, when we, we, there's some differences, and I guess we can point those differences out a whole lot more next week when we get into uh, Don Cheadle's James Rowe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did we 
did you know that Ghostface Killer was supposed to be uh, cameoing? Well, I think, I don't know if it was as himself. So, uh, Tony Stark was supposed to be in Dubai. And he's supposed to run into, somehow, Ghostface Killer. And we know that Ghostface Killer is is Stark. (laughs) So, that would have been the connection. They actually filmed that scene, but it was cut. No, I did not know that. That would have been so... That would have been a hell of a nod to Ghostface. Yeah, that, that would have, yeah. Yeah, I tilted my head to Ghostface for that. <laughs> well, shoot, to both of to, to Marvel for saying he's been calling himself Tony Stark forever, so let's right. let's let's go ahead and let him be in this movie. That would, to me, that, that would have been much respect. Yeah. Tied two universes together that you love. You know, you got the hip hop and you got you got uh, Marvel. So yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. So you know, you be put me on you. You put me, you didn't put me on a couple things that I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one is it was uh that one's one is that's been reported in uh basically in Wikipedia. So Wikipedia research got me that little piece of information. That's why I was like, that's crazy. You know, Ghostface was actually about to be in this. Wow. <laughs> Now, now, Robert Downey Jr. leading up to him getting this role that uh, this this film actually was important for Marvel because they had came off a couple lawsuits. They were they were kind of teetering on bankruptcy, and they financed. They decided we're going to finance this movie ourselves. They had been this movie had been in the works since 1990. They said, we finally, we're just going to finance it ourselves. This $140 million, we're going to bet on us and Robert Downey Jr. Because, you know, they they, uh, they were desperate for a win. Meanwhile, you got DC still doing the thing. They got Dark Knight out. So DC on top of their game. And Marvel was like trying to get their foot in the door. And they were willing to bet or go broke on this movie. So it was wow. very, very important that this movie succeeded. This movie not only succeeded, it knocked it off out the park, and it made all the rest of these movies possible. So Robert Downey Jr. is being Iron Man is the movie that saved the brand. But Robert Downey Jr. is the man who saved yeah. the brand. You know. That's right. If you go, if you go, if you, if you if if you if you're gonna take a gamble and you're gonna go all in, yeah, you you better do it with Robert Downey Jr. And the crazy thing is, it was a big gamble because Robert Downey Jr. Like I said, well documented drug problem. Yeah. Um, let me see. His parenting was a Good lot more was uh yeah his parents the way his the way he, he was raised created the person that we could say it's just like Thanos the way that he was raised created the person that he became and then everybody was shocked that he became it his father mm-hmm. allowed him to smoke weed at six so six wow, years that's... old right he was allowed and encouraged to smoke marijuana at six well if you're if you're getting that kind of high 
at six years old, it's, it's only going to go up as you get older. And, and he said, you know, that uh, yeah. heroin, cocaine, crack, he was into everything. Yep. Hopefully, you know, uh, well, he did get himself into a situation where he finally, after going to prison and uh, different stints in rehab, he got himself clean. And this is the uh, version of Robert Downey Jr. that we got for Iron Man, and we are lucky. I feel like anybody else, uh, the what's his name, Tom Cruise, they wanted. Um, anybody else would have just not been. They wouldn't have had no. the defense that Robert Downey Jr. had to be able to play this character to the to to the believability that Tony, that uh, Robert Downey Jr. has played. Robert Downey Jr.'s testimony is what added to the repertoire of his charisma as Tony Stark's Iron Man. If they would have, if they right. would have used Tom Cruise, you know, don't get me wrong, I like Tom Cruise a right. lot, but he doesn't have that Tony Stark. He doesn't have that, right. and his subtlety just wouldn't add to the character of of, of a Tony Stark. Tony Robert Downey Jr bailed out Marvel yep. for this whole franchise. Yep. And that's one main reason why I believe that they, I don't, it, it'll be a while before he actually hang the suit up. No, I think he'll hang the suit up, but especially because right now, you know, we there's a hole where that uh, Stan Lee left in the movies. I believe we will see cameos like this from Robert Downey Jr., the same way that we will see those set, those cameos from Stan Lee, I think Robert Downey Jr. is the once he's definitely through with the character, he is the cameo man at that point. I I think it only so you, makes sense. So you think that he'll be stepping in at some point after he hangs the suit up, right. where he'll be stepping in at certain points, should I say, when when things get too difficult to figure out, and he want to step in and show. You know, he figured it out. He's helping out and stuff like that. Other or, than fighting or just, Iron Man. Right. He won't be Iron Man. I, well, he won't be. He will still be Tony Stark. But right. he'll just make cameo appearance, appearances. Now, if that cameo appearance would uh, call for him to give technical advice or whatever, he's there to do that. But I think just seeing him do some of the things that we saw Stan Lee doing, not... Mm-hmm as silly as some of them were because Stan Lee was old and that's what they've kind of made fun of but mm. to, to make uh, Robert Downey Jr. when he is too old to play the part be the person who, who you see in every movie we've seen him in how many of these movies already it's been at least what how many times have he appeared nine times mm-hmm. so we're used to seeing Tony pop up in a movie somewhere anyway you know so to me it would be it would be cool. I'm not saying that they will, but it would be cool to see him be the cameo person since uh, Stan Lee is is no longer with us. Yeah, well, well, yeah, I have to agree on that point. It'd actually be more than cool because it is him and it is Tony Stark. Right. So not a uh, yeah, not just an unknown or or a lesser loved character. He is. He is almost equally as loved. In fact, he is equally as loved in the MCU as Stan Lee was right. in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. That's the, I, I agree. All right. So when you when you saw the movie, we talked about what uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic said had to say about it. On whatever rating scale you want to use, how did you see it? Where where would you have rated Iron Man as a, the inaugural movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? On a scale of what? What's the scale? Yeah, whatever scale you want to use. You, so you, if I use a, if I use a scale of one to ten. Uh huh. On on what now? On the Iron Man movie as a whole, as just the first movie. Yeah. Where would you rate it? I honestly, I would give it a nine point five. Nine point five out of ten. So what's stopping? Yeah. What pushes you from from the the ten? Well, because nothing's perfect. Is it just that? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, you know, that's, <laughs> what I was, that's what I get ready to. You know, perfect. That's what I was getting ready to say. Perfection doesn't really exist. Perfection is a state of mind. Uh, but I would give it a nine point five and take and, and leave out the point five because there were a couple things. You know. It's not really a lot, though, but there were, like, one or two things, you know, that just could have been just a little bit better. Not much at all, but just a little mm-hmm. bit better. And, you know, and I, I could save that, you know, for another show. But, I mean, I would think out of, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would think the Iron Man movie was about as close to a 10 as possible. And given account of, given into account of... You know, it's the first movie of the Avengers project, so it's actually a trendsetter on how things jumped off from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? So, it, I, I just, I wouldn't exactly just give it a perfect 10. Right. And I would really, the same way, yeah. Yeah, to really be honest with you, if I, had to, if I really had to give a movie a 10, it would be Infinity Wars. Wow. Yeah. That, that's pretty much as close to perfect. Yeah, especially because we know that it's culminating this whole arc of movies going from way back, knowing what we know now. Yeah, that movie would definitely get uh, if it's not ten, it's nine point nine 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 point eight. Yes, right. It's like a a zero point zero 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 one percent less from a ten. On my scale, I'm, I always, I usually try to scale things a little bit smaller, one to five, and I would give it a four. And uh, I guess a four on a one to five scale is a is like an eight on a one to ten scale. But uh, right. the, the four, um, I liked everything about the movie, but like you said, the character, there was room to me for character growth and the biggest area I thought to me was Rhodes. What Rhodes was to me the problem. And because it was unscripted, so you kind of had to come on the fly with uh, being able to say things to each other. There was no script. They just basically had a loose outline of how things were supposed to go and then they went. And I mm-hmm. don't think Terrence Howard that played to his best uh his his best his strengths because there was because the show wasn't scripted and I could tell that he was just a little awkward whereas they're able to play with each other off the fly they may have been closer in outside world or whatever 
but it just seems like I could tell that his that his uh, dialogue was a little more muted than theirs. He he stayed, and his vision of Rose was to be kind of mute. He should have he he could have came aggress more aggressively with Rose. To me, still a great movie. There is nothing. Uh, in fact, when I saw the movie, I didn't say, you know what, Donna Cheetah would make a better. Better James Rose. I didn't say that. I yeah. I was like, okay, well, we're gonna see what happens in the next movie when he becomes War Machine. He's gonna be a little more aggressive. But yeah. I even noticed that he was not aggressive enough with those people. Those people that he was playing with were able were were quick witted, you know, mm-hmm. and all of the stuff. And like they say, Robert Downey Jr. would 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 call for another take because he had another one-liner. So you got two or three takes to, to come up with with something to match Robert Downey Jr. and he gonna switch it on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that yeah. to me, you gotta have, you gotta be really good on your toes, not yeah. good with a script. You right, you know, and I'll have to, yeah, okay. I have to, to I have to you on that one too as far as Don Cheetah because by Don Cheetah, Don Cheetah is a very, very, very talented actor, and a lot oh. of people are 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 asleep on Don Cheetah. I mean, if you look at him in the, in Rush Hour, you know he spoke that Japanese fluently. <laughs> that was him who did that. Right. That was that was him who did that. A lot of people don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I, I can see him as far as being uh, uh, compatible with Robert Downey Jr.'s character. I can see him just picking up both of them picking up where each one of them left off on an ad lib. Right, and and that's what the, that's what you just said. The the ad libbing, I believe, is more in Don Cheadle's wheelhouse than it was in Terrence Howard's. That's what I'm saying. I'll give you that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was just trying to envision as, you know, Terrence Howard has that, you know, he has a little bit of class. He's a pretty boy. And at the same time, he, he got a little bit of hood in him. And I thought that that mixture of things would have added to the character of War Machine. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not necessarily the guy who plays War Machine, but when he's right. in the suit, you right. know, I just felt like he could be more aggressive than Don Cheeto. But on that other point that you make, nah, you're right. And and I would, looking at that point, I would have to say, okay, overall, okay, then yeah, I would have to go with Don Cheeto overall. Okay. So, looking at you know who he's uh, along with who he's acting with. Right. You know when you you step on the scene with Robert Downey Jr., you got your your A game got to be triple A. Right. So, <laughs> you know so I and 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 Don Cheetah is he's on that level. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I told I agree with you on that. You're right. Okay. Okay. So also because we we pretty much we've given our ratings this movie not only started uh, the Marvel franchise movie, not only was the inaugural movie for the uh, MCU, right. it is also the beginning of Nick Fury's big week. And Nick Fury's right. week consists of him uh, finding out the truth about Iron Man, discovering uh, the Incredible Hulk, and discovering Thor in, in New Mexico, that was all one week for Nick Fury. So this was a big week for him. And uh, that will be like our side story 
as far as next week's episode on Friday. So next Friday's episode will again be, let me look at my book and see what we got. I think I said, I think I said it was going to be um, Iron Man 2. Yeah. Right. So next week is Iron Man 2. It's going to be uh, also we'll talk more about Nick Fury's big week because it was big. And that's what kind of leads me to believe that he didn't accidentally find all these things. You know, this is, it, it's crazy how all of that occurred in one week. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Fury knew what he was doing when he found what he found. He's always been, he's always been like that. He's always displayed that he was always two steps ahead, ahead of everybody on everything. Right. He knew exactly what he was doing before he even, when he, when he came to you, or when he do come to you, he done already done what he gonna do. (laughs) Right. He's already putting... Kind of like the way I say about uh, about Doctor Strange. He's kind of already pulling the strings. He just has to make you feel like you're part of it. So yeah, yeah. And in like when he when he came to Iron Man or Tony Stark um, at the end of Iron Man in the post credit scenes and told him, you know, you think you're the only superhero? So he's planting that seed right now. Mm-hmm. It's Tony. You think you're the only superhero? You walk into a much bigger universe. Right. Tell them, you know, you, That's you, right. you, you, you thought you were special. You're not special, and you're that, special. and now you planted a seed. So now yeah. you know you've awakened the competitive spirit in one Anthony Edward Stark, and he's going to, uh, he's going to rise to the occasion every single time. Right. The spy, spy. He knows. He, he said, "What does he say? He knows all the secrets. He is the spy's spy, Nick Fury. So we're gonna see more of Nick Fury. We're gonna see uh, more of Nick Fury in Iron Man too. So here we uh, <laughs> be very excited to watch that next week and give our commentary on that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is." Iron Man. So we've covered Iron Man. We've also talked about uh, Nick Fury's big week. That's going to be all covered on our Friday's episode of After the Snap. Um, We want to leave you with a big fat thank you for for tuning in again. And also, um, just want to make sure that you all remember to go over to iTunes, submit a review, rate the show. Rate. <laughs> yeah, so basically the same thing that we say all the time: subscribe, share, rate, review. We want that um, from you, and I promise, once we get that, we will definitely see a, a change in the atmosphere of the podcast because more people will be watching. More, I'm sorry, listening, and um, possibly donating to our Patreon account, which is at patreon.com slash after the snap you can catch us at uh on facebook the after the snap page or the or the snap survivors group i think uh twitter at snap after and of course you can send us an email at after the snap at gmail.com there's a million ways to get in contact with us we would love 
love, love to hear from you. And uh, I think since I have nothing else, do you have anything else, sir? Only thing I don't have to say is I currently, I agree with my compadre, Tasha. Thank you all for listening in. I want to thank all the fans, anybody that listen in. And yes, subscribe, share, rate, review, like Tasha said. Uh, anything will help. Any criticism, constructive criticism, comments, or whatever, do not be afraid to share. Right. And on that note, Galen's good, Galen Galactus White is now leaving your dimension. I hope to see you soon in the next one. All right, and I guess I'll catch you on the flip. All right.